the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. Mark Honf is off today. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. That certificate is not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon, with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. And it's worth over $100, so it's actually a very, very nice gift. Today's trivia theme is general trivia. Now, Nam, we have a guest sitting right across from us who's been quiet all this time, this first 15 seconds. Um, Introduce him. Well, I'd like to introduce the mighty Rick Culp. The mighty. (laughs) (laughs) He's our lead underwriter, our ops manager. He's the jack of all trades in the office. Ton of experience in conventional lending, and he's been with us for how long, Rick? Five years now. Really? Five years. This month. Wow. Wow. Congrats. Happy times. Can't believe I've made it this far. (laughs) That's great. And you haven't aged a bit. Right. Except for the gray hair. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You want to ask him some questions? Yeah. The lead underwriter. Because that's the thing is we've never had really an underwriter on the show to talk about loans. So I think it's kind of interesting. Rick's been here. Uh, Maybe it was three months ago you were on the show or maybe it was four months ago. I don't think I did that well and you haven't asked me back. (laughs) It was great. Actually, you know, it's great having you today because, um, you know, we get questions all the time from our fund investors. And recently we've had a few who, when they look at our... Uh, fund loan portfolio, which we make available to them every month on our website through our fund portal. Um, they often ask. They look through and they uh, they see the property address. They may have questions about that or the loan to value. Which you know, I'll come up with a couple of questions about our loan to value, our average. And one of the columns in the portfolio says loan type, and it says business or consumer. And lately, we've had a few questions about. Um, boy, business. I thought you were lending on residential real estate. So I understand consumer, you're, you're making loans to people who want to purchase a home to live in. But it says business. Are you lending to them for their business, for business purpose? You know, I think the idea is that I thought you were lending on residential real estate and business seems like or, you're Or not. even commercial real estate. Yeah, or commercial. I mean, basically, that it's just like, uh, does the Pacific Private Money Fund lend on real estate only? Or do they make... You know, like unsecured loans to businesses. I think that's the issue, isn't it? Yeah, and that tells us that one of the things is, we, you know, we should provide some clarification for our investors on, you know, what, what a legend on our portfolio. Yeah. It's to say business actually means this, consumer means this. So having you on the air today um, is great because you can help uh, elaborate on that. 
Yeah, well, we everything that we do is tied to real estate, whether that's a single-family residence, uh, apartment building, commercial, as Edward mentioned. Um, everything is backed by real estate. So our, our general focus is towards the equity protection, how much equity is in there that protects the investor. Okay. Uh, the Dodd-Frank regulation came out in 2014 and was instituted, and it broke down deals into two purposes. It's either a consumer purpose or a business investment purpose. Um, a business purpose loan doesn't necessarily mean we're lending to the, to the borrower's business. It could be they want to buy an investment property or they want to look at other things that are not necessarily considered consumer in nature. Um, consumer loans tend to be things like I need to borrow money to consolidate my debt. I'm trying to lower my rate. Um, I need to put money in for my kid's college. All of those are considered consumer in nature. And the Dodd-Frank regulation forces us to drill a little harder looking for ability to repay. So there's where the difference lies. Dodd-Frank drills down on purpose as opposed to the collateral type. So for instance, you could have a consumer loan, but it's going to be tied to a commercial piece of property. We still underwrite it fully with income docs because of the purpose. Interesting. So someone puts up their apartment building as collateral, but if the purpose of what they're using the money for is for uh, some consumer purpose, and I guess there's specific definitions on some of the examples you yeah. just mentioned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, wow. in that case, that would be consumer consumer purpose, yeah. even though the pro- you look at the property and it's a business or a commercial property. So it could be consumer, but not owner occupied. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah. That's yeah. that's wow. That's that's a big change. I mean, I'm, I'm just imagining. I mean, how many people borrow on their apartment building? And then suddenly they're thrown into the consumer rules. Right. And nobody's expecting it. They don't. And most of the time they don't want to give up the documentation. That's in many cases. Yeah. That's a really good clarification because when we're out there talking to mortgage brokers, that's something we should expand on because, you know, when we tell them, at least when I've been out there, it's, we've been telling them, you know, consumer owner occupied, but really it could be consumer non-owner, like putting up your your commercial property. Right. Yeah, I wonder how many brokers are accidentally breaking the law not knowing that. They tend to ask us how we're going to view it mm-hmm. in most cases, or okay. they'll go back to their own counsel and ask the question. Uh, and that always helps. It's nice to have a legal counsel step in and, and advise you that this should be treated one way. There's a lot of gray area when it comes to that regulation. So we try to take the more conservative tone yeah. mm-hmm. um, and, and, and look more for the consumer deals, and then we follow specific regulations. That's really what it's about, is trying to stay within the rules and still make decisions that are a little less bank-like, mm-hmm. uh, okay. more open to help the borrower out when you can. So the um, ability to repay or afford the payments, that's if it's, if it's consumer in nature, then that's... Has uh, to be there, regardless be there. of the collateral type. Okay. Yeah. And there's got to be a difference in the speed of being able to do the two loans. That's correct, because Dodd-Frank came out and they they provided a number of rules to protect the consumer, primarily uh, waiting times, Mm -hmm. hold times after you disclose, before you go to docs. There are specific hold times that allow the consumer greater time to look at the kind of deal you're putting in front of them. It's good, but in a number of levels, it it also hampers borrowers. Yeah, but but because we can... um, we do it. We have the resources. We have the you know legal counsel, uh, where most other private lenders won't even touch it, just for the very reasons you mentioned. All right, guys, we're going to cut to our first commercial break. When we come back, Rick's going to continue and give us some more very interesting information about differences between business and uh, consumer. All right, first commercial break, Rick. If you know the answer, don't say anything till we get back. Who comes after the U.S. Vice President in line of presidential succession? All right, something happens to the president, it's the vice president. 
Who comes next? That's the question, all right? Uh, call 888-912-1190. If you're the first caller with the correct answer, you're going to win that tanning certificate. Don't touch that dial. The best of investing will be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Nam Fon and our special guest, Rick Culp, all of Pacific Private Money. First trivia question, who comes after the U.S. vice president in the line of presidential succession? And Rick's been just itching to answer this question. Let me answer first. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's that guy's name? No, just yeah. kidding. Go ahead, Rick. Wouldn't that be the Speaker of the House, that Mr. Brown? That would be the Speaker of the House, Mr. Culp. Excellent. And who is the Speaker of the House? I've already um, answered once. Uh, Kevin Spacey in House of Paul, Cards. <laughs> Paul Ryan, right? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay. Uh, like I said, six years of high school still didn't do me any good. Um, now, Rick, you're the lead underwriter at Pacific Private Money. So pretty much all deals, I guess, go through you. you got to figure out whether it's consumer purpose or business purpose. Um, but, uh, Nam, you had a question about some some yeah. questions that we get. From yeah. Us. So another question that uh, some of our fund investors ask when they look at our loan portfolios. Hey, you know, I see that you do first, obviously, but there are also several seconds in there, uh, lo- loans in uh, second lien position uh, and thirds even on occasion. Not that many, but, um, you know, people sometimes when we're doing presentations, we always talk about the fact that most of our loans are first. And some people forget, I think, that we tell them that there are other loans in there, or maybe we don't emphasize it, but there's seconds and thirds in there. And and there's a presumption, oh, if you're in second position, it's too risky. There is that presumption. It's not really accurate, because many of the deals we do in second position, and even I think there's maybe three third mortgages in the fund itself, uh, they're all very low LTV. The risk factors are much lower than some first mortgages we do. Yeah. That's so, why we take those on board. So when you say low LTV, is it at the first and second? Yeah, we combine the two numbers when we talk about second position notes. We'll look at the balance of the first, add in what our note would be, and then derive a combined loan to value. And most of them are sub 60. Mm-hmm. Some are sub 50%. So they're, they're very safe in, in, in terms of equity positions. Yeah, and I've mentioned, or we've mentioned this on the show before, where, you know, there's, there's seconds and then there's seconds. <laughs> there's seconds where, you know, it could be 100,000 uh, second, but there's a, you know, 800,000 first or some, some larger number, you know, orders of magnitude, like six, seven times greater than the second. Yeah, that's not and very good. That's very not sure. a good second. No. And then there's seconds where it could be a 200,000 second behind a 100,000 first, and the combined loan to value is 30%. Right. That's an example. Yeah, right. You're, you're much safer than first position notes at 70%. Yeah. So why are we safer? So is it like the worst case scenario that the first doesn't pay? No, no. What he said is, uh, is, is quote, safer or more conservative is a better word. More conservative right. than a 70% first deed of trust only. Right, right. Yeah, because if you're 30%, including the first and the second, and you're in second position, that's, uh, I mean, I would much rather be a $200,000 second behind a $100,000 first than be a $700,000 first on, a, on, on the same million-dollar property. So let's that's explain what so let's explain to our listeners why that's the case. So, you know, why would we say yes to a 200,000 second behind a 100,000 first? Like, what could happen in that situation where we're like, you know what? 
This is why we oh, consider oh, I know. It. I know. Can I raise my hand? <laughs> yeah. Well, because if anything happens, you can easily pay off the first of 100000 or what they call cure the mm-hmm. first, which you have the right to do when you're in um, a junior position. They, they, they can't foreclose you out if you can cure them. Right. The first, yeah. But here's the other thing is that the, the main advantage of doing those seconds is you can get a higher interest rate, right? Much. Yeah, you, right. usually you're one and a half to two points above first mortgage positions. So where we're charging a borrower nine and somewhere in, in the nines on a first, on a second, it can be 11, 11 12 sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And what killed people, what killed investors in, in the, you know, during the Great Recession was the seconds were behind huge firsts, right? Right. So you can't, it's really hard uh, as a lender to cure a huge first exactly. or if you have a number of loans that you're, you have in your fund where the second is behind a huge first. To try and cure those, I mean, that's, and plus the values are dropping at the same time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, exactly. The property values. And then for some of the thirds that you have, because again, you go a third mortgage, holy smokes. What are the loan to values on those? The one I remember, the, there's a small deal in there for about um, a 30, 35% loan to value. Wow. The first and second mortgages are held by the same bank. So oh, in our mind, they're not going to separate. It's not going to be difficult in a collection maneuver. You're dealing with the same institution. Yeah. It's, it's like having one first in front of you. Gotcha. And at that loan to value, even if you know, push came to shove, there's a crash, there's so much equity, not likely to lose. Yeah, I'm not an attorney, but I'm thinking that if... Let's say I'll just pick Bank of America because you said it's a, a bank. If Bank of America has the first and the second, second's probably a HELOC if it's a, um, a owner-occupied loan, a personal residence, then you're almost almost guaranteed that the first is not going to foreclose. If any right. foreclosing party, it would be the second. Right. Yeah, because they're not going to foreclose themselves out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Huh. So yeah. thanks for that. I mean, that helps clarify a lot uh, recent questions we've had from our investors or others who are interested in the fund. So, and how many deals a week do you think you look at? Gosh, uh, we get so many deals across our desk. Um, you know, we say, we say this on the radio show all the time. We say no, I think nine out of 10 times. So in a given week, we may be looking at, um, you know, 20, 30 or so files. Or, I shouldn't say files. I'd say inquiries. 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 Yeah. Some come with full-blown applications. Others are just quick scenarios. Can you do it? Yeah. yeah. And these guys are busy, so they have to look at all of those to determine which ones you know, we'll take the next step with. And that can take you know, a couple days or it could take a week. Some, some loans, you know, we have people who start the process and then they disengage for a period and then they come back and they need to close within a couple of weeks. That's typically meantime, how it goes. Like several months have passed, but uh, yeah. we're looking at a lot of loans. They say, just, just keep my file open. Uh, eventually I'll give you the information. Yeah. And then it's, you have two days to close it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I love those. Love those. Um, so one other thing, and we may not run out of time for this segment to, uh, to finish this, but we were just at the Pitbull conference uh, recently and in Pitbull conference, for those who don't follow private lending or alternative finance, uh, in this case, it's not Pitbull the entertainer. It's, <laughs> it's Pitbull the conference. It's down in Beverly Hills. Uh, great venue, but uh, it's uh, for private lending, alternative finance. It was really, really well attended. Uh, a couple of questions that came out of that that you know, hopefully you can answer on the next segment uh, are from a lot of mortgage brokers in Southern California, uh, which I'll get into uh, in just a moment. But um, main thing that I took away from that is 
private lending industry is stronger than ever. There are more new companies there than uh, that I've seen at other conferences. Hmm. And also some of the national lenders you're starting to see kind of are not so national anymore that like they were in previous years had huge boots, but now they're smaller and smaller because it's hard to underwrite from a distance. They're trying to very interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, Second commercial break trivia question. What crayon did Crayola rename to peach in 1962? So it used to be a different name. And then they decided to change the name to Peach in 1962. What Crayola crayon? Do you know that one, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, not bad. All (laughs) right. font of useless information. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's what all underwriters are. Uh, 888-912-1190. Be the first to call with that correct answer, and you'll win that tanning certificate. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Nam Phan and our special guest, Rick Culp of Pacific Private Money. Here was a second trivia question. What crayon did Crayola rename to Peach in 1962? And again, Rick Culp knows the answer. Chiming in. Uh, that would be Flesh. Flesh. That is correct. <laughs> Man, this guy's good. Flesh Gordon. Flesh. No. Uh, no, that was a Flash Gordon. That was the uh, old... My yeah, dad used to watch that when he was a kid. Flash Gordon? Yeah, with oh, Emperor Ming. That was Ming. you watching it. <laughs> Flash Your Gordon dad. was great. Yeah. Emperor Ming was the bad guy. Yep. But that was, it's funny how they each time... It's like sometimes the Russians are the bad guys, like, you know, during certain James Bond's ones and then the Nazis and, and back in the 30s, I guess it was China, you know, I mean, the, back to China now. Who knows? OK, um, Nam, you had a couple more questions for, for Rick. Yeah. So um, we were talking about the Pitbull Conference. Uh, again, takeaway is the industry is going strong. We're seeing more and more uh, private lenders out there. And at the conference also, it was in Southern California, there are quite a few uh, conventional lenders there. Uh, they're there to learn about alt finance because, uh, you know, mortgages these days are, are down because of rates. So they're looking at different ways to, to you know, looking at different opportunities. So they're looking at private lenders as maybe a source like us uh, for refinances. Um, but a couple of questions came up. One was probate. Do we do, you know, do we do probate? And what are some scenarios that we commonly see? Absolutely do probate. Um, Typically, the scenario is one where you have a number of family members that, are, that own a property. It, it could be a rental. It could be something that they live in. And the game is normally to buy out one or two of those people who now own this property. And in most cases, there's no down payment between the, them. Sometimes there's emotional battles going on. Mm-hmm. And the game is to step in, look at the equity. But oftentimes, we run it like a purchase where there's a gift of equity where you have three or four owners who are under trust hold the property or they are now assigned as ownership and they simply sell to the other remaining members. Any down payment is ignored. It's called a gift of equity. Mm. Gotcha. And then how do you do your ability to repay? Do you underwrite the end borrowers? We would. If the intent is to occupy and it's the end borrower that's going to go in there, that's who we look at. We look at their ability to do so. Most have been non-owner. They've yeah. been rental properties, yeah. okay. and we've treated them. It's kind of a gray area if you go back to purposes. Mm-hmm. This is one of those deals where if it's non-owner, and while you may be buying out a family member, which sounds consumer, yeah. you're actually buying out a business partner. 
So it's a gray area, gray line. And our attorneys have advised that, you know, that could be business purpose. There's no reason to look at global income. We we equity decision that one. Yeah. So it is case by case, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, so I've seen a few where one of the siblings actually was living in the property, I think, and wanted to buy out the others. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. typical. And so that one would be... um, consumer in nature. Right. right? Back to your question, do we underwrite towards the end owner? Yes. Um, The ones we've done where the person wanted to stay, it was going to be owner-occupied, we ran it as a bridge loan Mm -hmm. with the idea that they could refi out once we finished what we were doing. So you're underwriting um, for our loan, and then you're underwriting for the exit. Correct. And the exit, if Mm. it's coming to us from a conventional lender, then we're going to send that back to them. Right. Oh, they're referral partners. Yeah. You always want to give them the business back. And the referral partner would give you this referral rather than do the loan themselves because... Because they can't. They can't. They have yeah. no way to do it through their conventional sources. Um, crossing with properties, probate issues where you have difficulty showing income, um, yeah. or making just a pure equity decision. Banks don't do that anymore. They That's why don't. private lending is so interesting. Every scenario yeah. is different or unique. Different. Yeah, we always see the the weird stuff. Uh, also, I, I know when I'm, I'm doing the cheat sheet here, looking at your uh, form here. That you, you can have, read uh, my refer- handwriting? I can. <laughs> upside down, too. Wow. Reverse mortgages. Explain a little bit about those and like well, what they are and how do you find them? I'm not an expert in reverse mortgages, but I know that you need to be 63 or 65 and older. You have to be in the I'm home. I'm sorry. I said reverse mortgage. I meant um, a reverse Re- exchange. I reverse, oh, sorry. Reverse exchanges. See, I can't re- read your handwriting <laughs> upside down. <laughs> uh, reverse exchanges, uh, typical 1031 exchanges where someone owns a rental property, investment property. They sell it and they have a certain time frame in order to reinvest to avoid cap gains. Yep. Um, in a reverse exchange, the property is being purchased first. The next property is being acquired before the sale of the existing investment. So in investment. anticipation of a sale. Correct. Gotcha. Correct. They're a little odd because the property gets held in the name of a trust or the trustee that's handling the exchange as opposed to the borrower. Um, we do those deals. Again, same situation. Banks don't like it. Um, we think there's a little risk associated with it, but yeah. worthwhile. And we get those calls, and we get uh, that's one of the number one of the top few questions we get from a conventional lender. And um, so again, uh, you know, your your underwriting chops are are solid. What, you, you know, you can you tell us a little bit about your banking experience because you come from conventional yeah. lending. Background is started with household finance. Collecting cars, repoing. Uh, I think any underwriter should have to collect. It's just part of the game. Uh, First Interstate Bank, senior underwriter, head of the state for the loan operations. Yep. Um, and then started into private bank when the when Wells Fargo crashed down and was merged with uh, FICAL. Mm-hmm. I left and yeah. went into the space for for mortgages and, and did a paper for ten years. As yeah. Broker. So your experience for our and fund investors. You know, our, our underwriters and our origination team have years and years of experience. So when we're underwriting, you know, yes, we are making decisions for our, our private loans, but we're also, you know, looking at the conventional exit. Right. Having that experience is huge. Have to look at them twice. We, yeah. we look at those deals twice. Can you get out? Because exit is always important in yep. what we do. Yeah, and Rick is great at what he what he does. And if there are any mortgage brokers or realtors listening, and um, they you know have a scenario, call us. Don't ask for me because I'll get in the way. And call and ask for Rick or, or Mike in the office, 
And uh, our number at the office is 415-883-2150, or you can go to www.pacificprivatemoney.com. And, uh, you know, give us a call if you have a scenario. We get calls all the time at the 11th hour, so we're used to making decisions quickly and being able to say yes or no. So that if we say no, you can move on, and, uh, or we can perhaps recommend another private lender yeah. if it's a product that we don't do. Yeah, it's funny. Usually on the show, we've been talking about the fund and how people can invest and earn rates of return of over 7.5%. And this is kind of interesting because this is more on the side of the, uh, the borrowing side rather than the investing side. Yeah, it's, I love talking about that side because a lot of our borrowers come to us, and it's not because they're you know sub-600 FICOs. <laughs> And it's a lot of common scenarios that probably our listeners themselves have experienced. There's a lot of very wealthy borrowers yeah. who who just have transactional glitches, that right. we always call. The, the, the deals that we like the best are the bridge for consumers. They're buying owner-occupied. They tend to be bank-quality people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the circumstance is hard money. Yeah, which is perfect for us because you've, you've got an A-paper borrower. With, might be a slight glitch, as you said. Um, but the deals tend to be short-term, higher yield, good loan-to-values, and we're allowed to scrub for income and assets. So you get a better deal all the way around. Very good. Um, how much time we got there? We got uh, just a couple of uh, – we got about a minute left or 50 seconds. Okay. So I'll tell you what, we're going to uh, cut to our third commercial break. Rick, you've been doing so well so far. We're going to ask you a tough one. John Wayne's social security number. What is it? No, just kidding. <laughs> we're, we're just doing some John Wayne. Uh, hey, Pilgrim. <laughs> Do your John Wayne for us. Well, hold on just a minute there, Pilgrim. Yeah, that's <laughs> really good. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, me, I can do James Stewart. Okay, here's the third trivia question. What is the usual age for a Jewish boy to celebrate his bar mitzvah? That's our trivia question. That's an easy one. All right. 888-912-11. You don't even have to be Jewish to know that one. 888-912-1190. Answer that question. Don't touch that dial. The best of investing is going to be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing one more time. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Nam Fon and Rick Culp of Pacific Private Money. Third trivia question, what is the usual age for a Jewish boy to celebrate his bar mitzvah? Rick, got to go three for three? Not playing this one. I'm going to pass. <laughs> I don't know. 15? No, come on. 13? Yeah. Okay. Is it... Bar or ba? It's bar mitzvah for a boy and bat mitzvah, B-A-T, for Uh, for a girl. And it's 13 for for her, too. All right. You wanted to ask Rick another question there? Yeah. So it was kind of a deal of the week. But I know this deal has – it's been a while. But, you know, we meet with – I meet with our investors from time to time. And and sometimes I learn that they listen to our show. I said, you know, what do you like about our show? Or why do you invest with us? And a number of times I said, you know what? It's I like the fact that my investment is doing good. And so we'd love to hear, you know, more examples of loans that you do. Um, that Let me clarify. You doing good doesn't in this example doesn't mean giving a good rate of return. It's like doing good for the community. Right. Yeah. Social good. So so, uh, you know, so win win. Great. Uh, solid return. And also it's going to, for a good purpose. So, you know, I think there was a scenario that you were going to mention. Yeah, we, we've had a number of these deals. And, and in-house, when you're underwriting, you're really not talking to consumers. 
you get a good feeling when you know you're helping them. We, we yeah. have consumers often calling us. They're crying. They're in tears. They're, they're in really bad shape and dealing with stress. And we've often stepped in to help. And one example was a couple out of Santa Rosa, nice property, loads of equity, but he had significant, significant tax issues. And he had been able to successfully secure um, a very limited payoff to take care of the taxes. And he'd been fighting this fight for several years and approached us. Again, his wife is crying, very upset. Um, Deal that most people would probably have walked away from. And we almost did. But we kept digging. We brought the gentleman in and said, well, let's talk. Here's what we see. And he started to share his story. And the more we sat there, the more we realized that, you know, we're getting more talking to this guy knowing what's going on than you do looking at the paper and the credit report and the appraisal. Mm -hmm. And when he explained it, it's like, you know, I was comfortable. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's just a better choice. It's a gut call rather than the paper call. And by giving him the money, he was able to settle out his debt. We cleared a path that he could refi his home. His wife was ecstatic, took a lot of pressure off them, and they left here happy. And that's always nice to know that you've done that yeah. with that money. And I think that one went through loan committee a couple times. Like we kept revi- we oh, revisited. Oh, we bounced it around for yeah. a while because it was really on the edge in terms of deals that we've often declined. Yeah. Similar structure, similar kind of portfolio or the look of the deal. Yeah. And yet, you know, being able to help the client. It got it. It was an emotional choice, but you just knew the guy was telling you the truth. Yeah. And so um, let let me shift gears for just a minute. Mm -hmm. So we've been talking about from the borrowing standpoint and how Pacific Private Money goes ahead and lends the money out. Where does Pacific Private Money get its money? We get our money from investors uh, who are um, probably listening on uh, to the show right now. People throughout the Bay Area who, number one, they have to be accredited, which is a million-dollar net worth exclusive of their primary residence, or they can qualify on income, which is uh, 200000 a year for the last two years to show their tax returns, or 300000 uh, for the last two years as a household or couple. Um, so throughout the Bay Area, you know, a lot of people who have their money sitting in an IRA, and uh, or 401k or, or cash, and they just are looking for better returns. Or yeah, because it doesn't have to be market. retirement income. No. That, and then um, what about those people who don't have that kind of net worth? You have a new website up? Yeah, so we have Private Money Loans, which is our marketplace. It's a regional marketplace for selling loans or live fundings. Uh, we'll be doing more live funding, still in beta mode. But essentially, if you don't qualify uh, a credit as an accredited investor, you can uh, purchase loans or fractions of loans, uh, individual loans on our platform. Uh, and we fractionalize those to 20%, meaning, you know, no more than five lenders on a particular loan. And, um, so if you have, let's say, you know, a $500,000 loan, uh, that we need funding, if you have a hundred thousand, you can invest in that, uh, where with the fund, the minimum is 50,000, um, and again, with private money loans, you know, the loans are all over the place, but they are individual loans. So when they pay off, then, you know, we, we you have to redeploy those funds into another loan. But okay. And how do people get a hold of you for either? Either. Investment? Yeah. They can call us 415-883-2150, or they can go to PacificPrivateMoney.com. Or for private money loans, it's privatemoneyloans.com. Now, if someone goes on privatemoneyloans.com and they want to see the inventory of loans, they do have to register, yeah, right? Yeah, they do have to register. They have to show that they're um, verify that they're sophisticated or that they're qualified. And also, that you do have to be a California resident right now to, to be able to invest in individual trustees through privatemoneyloans.com. But, but most of our investors on there, we have several hundred at this point, 
are all Bay Area. You have several or, hundred now? Mm-hmm. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah it's it's grown quite a bit because you, you only had like about 50 of them a month or two ago. Yeah. Yeah. Now we've got to get some more inventory on there. It's, sure. uh, it's a little quiet right now around the 4th of July, but we'll have more inventory. So, so um, if you are listening, register and um, wait a little bit. We'll have some more loans on there. So our goal is to move all live fundings through privatemoneyloans.com over time. So do people know what a live funding is versus? Yeah, great question. So you want to tell people? Yeah, uh, live funding is we've got a deal that's been submitted, approved, scrubbed by us, and we're ready to go and fund it. Um, Normally, if our fund is available and we are liquid, we could take it down. But more often than not, we sell the deal out to investors directly. That's a live funding. Um, versus a loan that we may take down ourselves and then attempt to sell it after the close. And what what kind of yield are you paying now in the fund? In the fund, I think for May, it was about uh, 7.8% annualized for distributed. If it's compounded, it was closer to 8. So investors have two options. They can take monthly distributions of the earnings, uh, and we can ACH it, so auto-deposit it, or we can mail you a check. Uh, the other option is to just reinvest, and the inve- reinvested funds are used to purchase more shares or fractions of shares. And what, what kind of commission do I pay to get in? No commission. That's my favorite kind of commission. Yeah. None. So no fees in or out. In or out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is a one-year hold. Um, yep. You can redeem in less than a year. There's a 3% redemption fee, but nobody's actually redeemed uh, less than a you know. A, before 12 yeah, months. Yeah, this isn't a checking account. You right. know, it's an investment. So, you know, you got to figure most people are going to want to keep it in there for a year anyway. Right. And and the minimum investment is 50. Although last year, I think the average investor started out at around 100. And the average investor probably invested about 250 to 300 with us. So it's um, people start out, kind of test the waters, and then they add over time. Yeah. It's, well, it's kind of neat that we talked about this before. You guys have like the goose that laid a golden egg because you have lots and lots of deal flow and looking for money. Mm-hmm. So you, the fund has a very uh, uh, good track record for choosing good loans to put into its fund. Yeah. And uh, in fact, um, this is our fifth year where we launched in June of 2013. So we're now five years in. And no losses. No losses. Yeah. Knock on wood. Yeah. Yeah. Keep doing the the good work. Yeah, because some of those loans are, they're very short term because people are not wanting to borrow money at higher interest rates. Like, you know, a bank might charge them 5%. What's your average that you're charging on a first? Average, I would think, would be nine to nine five on first position notes. Yeah, and so you yeah. know, if if you're a borrower, you really don't want to pay nine percent, nine or nine and a half percent for too long, especially if you can qualify for lower. Right, right. So uh, most of them do refi, you know, rather quickly. Yeah, which is great for the fund. Well, yeah, we help them yeah. do that. We, we yeah. try to help them. Um, we're, we're not really built to to broker that kind of a file like a bank would, um, but we take the deal back out to our resources. It uh, helps us on the fund because it clears it off, allows us to relend the money. Um, and that's your that's your velocity of capital. And that's our commitment to the referral source, too. Correct. to send it back to them for the refi. That's quite a good kumbaya. Okay. All right. We're going to uh, cut to our last commercial break. Uh, no trivia question for this one, but come back and hear some closing comments on the best of investing. Don't touch that dial. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. 
Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Nam Fon and Rick Culp of Pacific Private Money. Didn't have a trivia question, but Nam, an email comes in, says, if you were to add leverage to your existing fund, because I guess right now the fund is unleveraged, would the yield increase and by about how much? Um, the answer, short answer is yes. Um, by how much could depend, though, on on how much leverage there is. And, you know, our, we do have low leverage. We have a, you know, a credit facility that we pay down every month, um, but it's not permanent leverage. Yeah. Um, but the uh, short answer is yes. Um, it, I guess it depends on your cost of capital. Right. right? Cost of capital. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Uh, what we're charging our borrowers exactly? Still, yeah, it, so. it's called arbitrage. Arbitrage. Yeah. And if you're paying the investors, you know, you said close to eight percent, but you're able to borrow the money at five percent, then theoretically that yield should go up if you're able to borrow more at five percent and then 5%. Re- redeploy it at nine or ten percent. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, we are, um, over time, trying to boost the yield a little bit by selling loans out of the fund through private money loans, where we'll keep a little bit of the spread. Okay. Um, may not have too much time to go elaborate on that, but the idea is, you know, if we take in a loan that is at 9% and we're selling it on private money loans at 8 that 1% or that one, that spread goes back to into the fund. Yeah, well, you split it with the brokerage, yeah. but, but basically, yeah, it, it enhances the yield, Yeah, as I say. Um, okay, and then, uh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, so we, uh, I think you were going to ask, so when's the next fund event? Oh, yeah, so that's uh, what I was going to ask. Still no date yet. Uh, we may take a, a hiatus for July, just because July and August typically... You know, we, we a lot of our investors or people who are interested are on vacation. So. How did the Momos event go? It went pretty well. Um, we had a decent turnout. And uh, the, of those who came, we had um, one that invested already. Uh, we have another one uh, in process. And then we had uh, um, some who didn't come but are investing. Wow. So, yeah, it was, overall, the end result will be great. And it's just great to be out there in the marketplace versus having them here all the time. Um, it's nice to get out and meet people, you know, in the East Bay or in the South Bay. Uh, we may do for July or August a webinar or virtual one so people can participate from anywhere. But uh, then again, it, it, it's different from seeing them in person and sure. them seeing us in person. So more to come on a date, but um, you can invest at any time. So if you want to learn more about the fund, call us at 415-883-2150 or go online at www.pacificprivatemoney.com. What I thought was crazy was uh, one guy came all the way from San Jose to come to to Novato. I mean, it took him, what, three hours? Yeah. And, you know, I think we mentioned this on the last show and and also he had uh, previously attended another event. I like that. I like people who really... Dig in and, yeah. and want to learn about um, not only the business, but us as fund managers or as a company. And um, a lot of people, sometimes they just, you know, blow through the process. And I'd rather spend the time talking to them and them, you know, feeling comfortable. Yeah, and, and answering all their us. questions and everything. Yeah. Well, guys, we're going to have to cut out today. Rick Culp, thank you again for joining us. We'll have to have you on again. You did an excellent job. Thanks for having me, Edward. Yeah, so if we have people who need to borrow or there's a mortgage broker or a realtor who who, um, need a private money loan, who do they contact? They'd call into the office, right? They'd call into the office and ask for Mike or Rick. 
Yep. Mike or Rick. All right. Hey, guys? Same number, 415-883-2150. Very good. Okay, here's our thoughts for the day. Education's purpose is to replace an empty mind with an open one. Pretty good, huh? Nice. And you're going to like this one. Worrying doesn't take away tomorrow's troubles. It takes away today's peace. Isn't that true? Exactly mm-hmm. right. said that before. It's 95% of what happens to you and 95% of how you react to things. You can choose to be happy. Right? I'm happy. You're happy? <laughs> there you go. Rick, choose to be happy. Absolutely. There, there you go. See? It worked again. All right. So let me read that one more time. Worrying doesn't take away tomorrow's troubles. It takes away today's peace. And with that... Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. Why? Because we're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com